turn in your Bibles. The first place we're going to go in our scripture here is... Okay, I have to get myself organized again. Oh, I'm going to go, that's tonight's message. I'm going to go with true salvation this morning. Okay. Let me find it. I told my wife this morning when I got up what the danger is. I had a little bit of free time this week, and I prepared my messages far enough in advance, and I shove them in my Bible, and I put my markers in, and I told her this morning the devil's having me look for my messages, and uh, I'll get get them. That's, that's for Mrs. McCoy, and this is for Miss McCoy. It's the letter. Here it is. I like that printer up there. It saves me a lot of knuckle work with the pencils. And then I have it run off down here. Then I come down here and fetch it and make sure it says what I want it to. And Lord's good. Seven biblical facts about, the tr- about true salvation. Seven, I like the number seven because it's a biblical number for perfect and complete. I like biblical mathematics. One day I might even teach on biblical mathematics, but seven's a biblical number for perfect and complete. Seven biblical facts about the true about true salvation. And tonight you'll probably hear something very similar, only about the true gospel. The first thing is Jesus. First thing you know when you're hearing the real gospel, the actual gospel, the true gospel. Because there's a lot of other Gospels out there. I've seen two gentlemen with ties and suits or sports coats, nice-looking individuals, white shirts walking down the street the other day. They're carrying a Gospel. They're distributing a Gospel. you got to know the difference. But true salvation, they have even a different salvation because salvation is part of the Gospel. Jesus died for sinners. But God, Romans 5.8 is where you need to start out. Romans 5.8. And in these John and Romans, here, this is the book of John, the book of Romans, we have uh, what's often called the Romans Road, which is a, a story of salvation from the book of Romans. And then we have the Romans Walk, which I personally developed, which is a story about how to travel once you're on the Romans Road, once you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior, how to live your life according to the Scriptures. And that's what we're going to see here uh, right now. Jesus died for sinners, but God commended his love for, towards us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's Romans chapter 5, verse 8. The book of Romans is all about mankind. The word man is right in the title. And uh, it's all about man's depravity and how you can move from mankind's depravity onto spiritual awakening and through salvation and then you can move on to spiritual maturity all in the book of Romans as you get to the last couple chapters I personally wrote down in my Bible where eagles fly the last three or four chapters of Romans and you'll see there that that takes spiritual maturity and tries to bring us from the degradation of mankind to spiritual maturity 
And in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, the first part of the book of Romans, we read, God commended his love towards us, and while we're yet sinners. In, 3, 16, uh, in the first chapter 3, 23, we read that there is none righteous, no, not one. And that's the Romans road where you start out on. God knows we're sinners. It's no surprise to him. I've had people stand in front of me and they say, man, you don't understand. God can't forgive me for my sins. Oh, yes, God can forgive you for our sins. In fact, in Sunday school class, and I want a copy of that, uh, Brother uh, Russell, the Sunday school class, all the sins of our fathers, that's nothing new to God. I thought of a couple more. Abraham was a womanizer. He would also been accused of child abuse uh, in this day and age. Uh, we all fall short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. And we know about the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And Romans 5, 8, and so that's the first point. Jesus died for sinners. He didn't die for the righteous, although he did because there's none righteous, no, not one, my Bible says, but he died for the self-righteous, those that in their own mind think they're right. Those, that's what self-righteousness is. True righteousness is just being right before God. Self-righteousness is being right in your own eyes, justifying yourself, justifying your sins, justifying yourself as a sinner, or justifying yourself as being right in God's eyes. Either one, all three of them, you're wrong. You're only right in God's eyes once you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Jesus died for sinners. You have to admit you're a sinner is the first step. Salvation is through believing in Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Lots of heavy words in there. Well, we hear that a lot of time. But it says to believe in Jesus Christ. Not in the Pope, not in the pastor, not in your uh, Sunday school teacher although we have good Sunday school teachers, and we have good pastors, there's many good pastors, and I, I'm not going to say the Pope. <laughs> but you don't trust in another individual. You don't trust in even the words of another individual. My grandson accepted Christ as his personal Savior and was baptized, and I had fears about him uh, when he described his baptism as me and Grandpa got saved, and then we went and got baptized because I was the one who baptized him. <laughs> and uh, I says, is he trusting in me being his salvation or is he trusting in Jesus Christ being his salvation? And baptism doesn't have nothing to do with your salvation, really. You want an example of that? Just look to the thief on the cross. And you're going to hear all about the thief on the cross at Easter. In fact, we tend to celebrate Christ's crucifixion at Easter. But really, Christ's crucifixion is well, what Easter is about. Easter is all about Christ's resurrection. It's about the fact that he died on the cross for your sins, yes, but he was resurrected. We'll get into that when we look at the true gospel. Easter is a recognition of a Savior that's alive and sitting at the right hand of God the Father Almighty right now. And Easter's mentioned three times in your King James Bible in Scripture. People will argue, oh, that's not even in Bible. Oh, it's written in my Bible. Anyways, let's get back to uh, facts about salvation. Salvation is through believing in Jesus Christ. You can know there's a Jesus Christ in your mind. All you can do is look at the calendar, and it's going to tell you when he died 2,022 years ago. That's when Christ died. 
Now, you talk to some people, and they've developed uh, little different attitudes. Even in the, in the scientific world, they like to talk about, and some of the literature worlds, they like to talk about A.D. and, you know, B.C. and all that, and they got different meanings for it now. It's because we let the world handle that education system, that part of the education. Uh, in reality, all you have to do is know Jesus Christ. No, you have to believe in him. The devil knows there's a God and trembles. The devil knows Jesus. Read your Bible. In portions of Scripture, then the demons come out of the man when he stood before Christ and says, you know, what do you got to do with me? They acknowledge Christ. Being saved is more than acknowledging Christ. It's trusting him, in him, putting your faith and belief in the Jesus of your salvation. Number three, salvation is through Jesus alone. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And believe me, that verse haunted me as a young man. I was taught that the priest and the, anybody wearing a robe or a collar backwards or wore a white shirt and tie, they were they, what they said was what God said. Then I seen the hypocrisy. I was an altar boy in the church. Had to memorize the Latin Mass because the pastor, the pastor of that congregation was a drunk. And he'd get about halfway through with the Mass in Latin, and I'd have to help him coach him on. Don't ask me what the math, math Mass all says in Latin. I didn't know what I was memorizing. I just knew the words. And so uh, I seen that kind of hypocrisy, and I had to say, uh, I don't trust mankind. They let me down. I got drafted into the military. I got left down pretty good, let down pretty hard. And uh, people will fall short. People will sell you out. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You don't have to go through some intercessor other than God's Son, Jesus Christ. He's your intercessor. He proclaims himself as your intercessor. He stands before God the Father and says, watch them. Don't, don't look at that, but look at there. They all came to church today. Oh, but don't watch him tomorrow. Watch him today. He's there interceding on your behalf when you request something from prayer. The Holy Spirit's your other intercessor. The Holy Spirit, there's two intercessors in your Bible. The Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ. They're part of the Trinity, the one Godhead. So we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And you have to come to God, the Trinity, via one of the Trinity, and the other one possesses you and seals you at that point. That's another point of salvation. We'll get there. But my Bible says in John 3, 14, 6, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That word truth, we could go on truth for a long time. Jesus Christ stood before the Pontius Pilate, and Pilate asked him, what is truth? What is truth? And truth was standing right before him. The ultimate truth, the reality of the world, the one who spoke and formed this planet, the one who knew Pilate inside and out. But yet Pilate didn't recognize him. He didn't want to come to truth. He didn't want to come to terms with himself. You have to be true to God. You have to be true to yourself. You can't fool yourself into salvation. You have to admit that you're a sinner. You have to admit that Jesus Christ is the remedy for your sins. And you have to come through Jesus alone. 
not Jesus in baptism, not Jesus in church membership, not Jesus in works of any sort. And you have to know who Jesus is. You start that relationship. That's what church is about. That's what fellowship is about. That's what reading your Bible is about, to develop an inner, inner personal relationship with the one who died for you. What you're saying is you can go, some people, what they're saying is, I can go out to the woods and have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Not like you can with those that have a relationship established with him already. You have to join Jesus Christ on his terms, not on your terms. Now, I can admire God and everything. I can look at nature, and I've admired nature. I've seen a miracle this, this week where the herring came into our bay and the eagles flew down and just stood there in awe at the majesty and the mystery and the wonderfulness as the salmon tried to eat the... the it was the herring... I don't know what they, they were breeding, and the, and the salmon were eating the herring, and the eagles were, gave up trying to eat the herring, and they were eating the salmon. They finally caught the salmon and took off, big old salmon eating them. It was wonderful. And yes, you recognize God. And I sing, great is the Lord, greatly to be praised after that. You see God in everything. That's not enough. You have to trust in Jesus Christ. You have put up your faith and belief in the Savior. You have to develop a relationship with him. And that relationship starts with accepting what he did on the cross. And if you can get some oak tree to tell you about that, show me it. I'll have him come here and preach. If you can get some eagle to tell you that, show me him and I'll have him come here and preach. My Bible says, by the foolishness of preaching, We'll know what to do. Neither is there any, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby ye must, we must be saved. That's in uh, that's verse uh, Acts chapter four, verse twelve. And for God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. John three six seventeen, three sixteen. You're very familiar with. That's what the world's about, and that's what the majesty is about of the world. That's what I admired when I seen the eagles flying and swooping down and all their screaming and all the neat things that take place, and you see a whale come up out of the surface. You look at the trees for thousands and thousands of trees. We've been here, what, off and on for six years, roughly, and we can see the trees that they cut down on these hillsides. They're growed. I looked out this morning or the other morning, and I says, look, those trees that used to be such an ugly rock ledge there, they're gone. It's gone. God has a way of regenerating, and he wants to regenerate you. He wants to help each one of us to be what we can be for him, and he does that through your belief and trust in him, and part of your trust in him is to not forsake the assembling of yourselves together so much as that you see the day approaching. How can you, how can, the reason I'm standing here before you today is I read Romans 10.9, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, Jesus Christ died for you. Then it goes on in Romans 10.17 and talks about how will they hear except there be a preacher. And you know, my big problem is, as I believe Genesis 1.1, as much as I believe Revelations 20, 20.22, and I got to do what it says to the best of my ability. 
And I fought it. Some of you are fighting what God wants you to do. I don't know. But each one of us know what God wants us to do or will shortly know as we work on that relationship. I think one of the reasons we go and hide in the woods is because we don't want to know what he wants from us. We want to take the best food. We want to run off from the kitchen table and go eat it in our bedroom. Salvation is by grace through faith. For by grace ye are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God, least any man should boast. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace ye are saved through faith. The grace came. The grace is here. All you got to do is claim it. The, date, the table set. All you got to do is walk up and take it and share it. And so the fourth, way, fourth fact about salvation is that salvation is by grace through faith. We don't understand all of it. Ah, Brother Fred was talking the other night how he doesn't understand God's mighty grace. Neither do I. I don't understand the totality, the totalness of it. I think if I did, I'd be jumping off a rooftop trying to experience more of it. Uh, but that doesn't stop me from using it. You know, you go up and turn on a light switch. How much do you know about electricity? I lose it about where they talk about the protons and the neutrons and the atoms and stuff all lining up and then the charge. And I still can't figure out exactly in my mind how the end of my screwdriver gets magnetized. And it's all got to do with electricity and how it works. And I've, I've been hit by lightning making fence already, which ain't saying much in Kansas. <laughs> they got lightning all over. But uh, I don't understand it, but that doesn't keep me from using it. How many of you know how your toilet flushes and works? I still work on grace. I still live on grace. Now, Brother Russell, you might know a little more about that than the average guy. But the reason I think of that is because the man sitting behind you, we, we figured out why my carburetor wasn't working on the four-wheeler, is a little bit of the toilet system and the ball and the float and all that involved in the carburetor. Didn't keep me from driving it until it broke. We have to, we live on God's grace. We have to experience God's grace. And you'll find that a lot of false salvations do not understand God's grace, but they don't endeavor to accept it. For by grace ye are saved through faith. You don't have faith. You don't have grace. What do you have? If you have to explain to me some way that Jesus Christ doesn't count into salvation. And if you have to explain to me how many layers are in the earth and how long it took to form them and talk about crocodiles and alligators and, and sediment and everything else, you're not exercising grace or faith. You're not accepting God's grace and you're not, you're not exercising any faith. You need that to get saved. Now, I've been to college, and I've got a secular degree, and I call it secular. Secular means without Christ. And I've got a degree. And I know all those little facts, but it didn't change me a bit about who I still exercise faith, and I still exercise God exercises grace, and I still live on God's grace. On one hand, I don't understand everything, and I accept God. On the other hand, I might understand the intimacies of it, but I still accept God. You have to exercise faith to, to know salvation. 
How much does that little girl there need to understand to know that Jesus Christ died for her sins? When she gets to that point, God will work in her life. And Lord willing, she'll be saved. You know, each one of us have to be as a little child. Except you be as a little child, you shall not enter therein. Salvation is by grace through faith. The fifth thing is salvation, redemption, and forgiveness is not of works. First one was Jesus died for sinners. Salvation is through believing in Jesus Christ. Salvation is through Jesus alone. Salvation is by grace through faith. And number five, salvation is not by works. Least any man should boast. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. I think I've already quoted 2, 8, 9 to you. Not of works of righteousness which ye have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Titus chapter 3, verse 5. By the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. There's your companion verse to Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. You aren't going to earn your way to heaven. Nobody is. We just went in Sunday school about the shortcomings of wonderful men used of God. And that was the attitude and what was brought out. But none of those men, nobody has ever earned their way to heaven. Jesus Christ had to experience faith and grace when he hung on the cross. He didn't even earn his way to heaven. He never really left it at a certain point. But he took your sins upon him, and he had to put himself at the mercy and exercise God's grace on his life and, and trust in his Godhead, the, the Godhead, and come to heaven through faith. Believe me, he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He had to trust that it, when it was all over with, he was going to take his next breath in heaven because he was carrying all of our sins, all of your sins, and he had to carry that. Great man of God. I thought of another one, John the Baptist, the doubter. We think of uh, the uh, one doubting Thomas. You know, Thomas went into Africa. David Livingston, when he got to Africa, he, there, there was men there that knew of Jesus Christ. And they said a man named Bartholomew Didymus, I think is his proper surname, came to them, Doubting Thomas. Years ago, one cannot lose their salvation. We talked about forgiveness. Salvation is not of works. You can't earn it. You can't lose it because of your works either. Once you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and Jesus Christ has sealed you unto the day of redemption, do you wonder why he sealed you? Because you can't... So if, if he didn't seal you, you'd lose it. None of us burnt it, and none of us have been good enough to keep it. Another thing you'll pick up when you start looking at the gospel what people preach and teach. And if they start telling you you're going to lose your salvation, they're wrong. Because then they're telling you you earned it somehow. I was John and Romans printed up, and it's an easy trap. It had steps to salvation in it. 
There's no steps to salvation. Well, they, they, they kind of laid it out in grace and faith and those things I just explained to you. I tried to emphasize. But they're not steps. You, can't, you get saved with one step. You're done. And there's no backing out of it. That's why Jesus Christ says, you must be born again. And the man said to him, can I enter a second time into my mother's womb and come back? No, you can't. Being born again means you're born into it. Now, we've adopted. And as sure as I'm telling you this story, he's going to hear it from prison. He was adopted into our family. You've been grafted in. You've been adopted into God's family. When? When you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and you were sealed by the Holy Spirit. And as sure as he's listening to me from the penitentiary in Florida right now, he's saved and did not lose his salvation when he entered into that penitentiary because he's been born again, born into the body of God. We all make mistakes. None of us are perfect. Does that mean God? It, we lose our salvation? No. Does that mean we can't be used of God because of certain circumstances? No. God has forgiven you. The slate is clean. Move forward from there. That's a principle of one of the facts of salvation. You can't earn it, and if you can't earn it, you can't unearn it. <laughs> you can't lose it. I know good men. I know of a man right now, he's a cement contractor, struggles with salvation. He's accepted Christ as his personal Savior. He was one of them unfortunate Marines that went on, and then he got kicked out of the Marines, barely, and he went and joined the Navy, thought that would keep him out of trouble, and he earned enough trouble the rest of his life. He's, he's suffering from it right now to this day and age, but he's a good man of God. If you could buy that shell he's put up, he even comes to church once in a while. But what keeps him from wholeheartedly serving God, what keeps him from changing his life around, is the fact that he thought he's, he's going to lose his salvation any day. And that's a trap of the devil, and that's a common concept with any church, any organized group of people. You want to be one of us, you've got to act like us 24-7. Do we? There's only one thing we're consistent in in 24-7, and that's on consistency. <laughs> you know, that's it. Okay, so the first one was Jesus died for sinners. Biblical facts about salvation, seven. The second one is salvation is through believing in Jesus Christ. The third one is salvation is, th is through Christ alone. Uh, the fourth one is salvation by Christ through faith. The fifth one is salvation... And forgiveness and redemption are not of works. The sixth one, one cannot lose salvation, eternal security. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand, John 10, 26. And in John chapter 6, verse 47, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me has everlasting life. You know, we live in a day and age where people don't even want to admit their dog died. If we would see life end a few times, I'm thinking of the book, uh, uh, not the castle, but the Velveteen Rabbit, about Grandma dying, not being around anymore. 
we, we want to insulate our kids from basic fact of life that people die. And it's normal. We don't want to, we don't want to admit that all the time. But if we would admit that, then we'd know what everlasting life meant. It's just like righteousness versus true righteousness or self-righteousness. And so we have to admit there's no such thing as eternal life as concerned outside of God's salvation. Oh, in the fact, though, I'm thinking in my mind, yeah, we all have eternal life. You're either going to spend eternity in heaven or hell. Then there's people could argue with you about whether hell is thrown into the lake of fire or whatever. Number seven, the true gospel in belief is by trusting in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ as the basics for our righteousness. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. And 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4 is where we'll pick up tonight. Let's all stand.